are live. We're live? We're live now. Awesome. Uh, good morning. So today, uh, for today's topic, we're going to talk about how to price things, um, how to price the work that you do at a building, uh, and that includes your weekly uh, contract price and the additional work that we talked about on the last topic, uh, the additional work that a building may hire you out for um, in addition to your to your regular tasks as a as a part time super. So. Um, we, we're going to talk about, we actually talked about uh, how the price, we touched upon how to touch the weekly, how to price the weekly um, tasks the last time. So we talked about how, let's say, a building is paying you uh, a certain amount per month, let's say 500. Generally, you would break it down into um, your weekly cost, your weekly, um, I'm sorry, your weekly profits weekly revenue from this and then break that down into your hourly revenue and from there you can calculate how much your expenses are how much you make from the expenses um, that you accrue from performing this work okay so this is about kind of knowing how much i'm i'm getting so like if i just see five hundred dollars i actually if I don't think through this, I might know if I'm actually making money or not, right? Yeah, but you have to rely on some metrics to help you develop what the pricing should be. And the first thing, and a very basic thing, is to uh, see if it, if it covers your expenses. You no, know, I think we tend to be really emotional. For example, $500 is a lot, $100 is low. That, that's kind of like more emotional. Oh, I'm worth $500. I'm, I'm not worth $100. So it's gonna help me kind of get out of that, that mindset of, oh, I'm worth this. Oh, I'm not taking that job because that's too little. Um, but, you know, really, if, if, I, if I'm more, I'm smarter about it and I actually know that no it's it's beyond my feelings about certain numbers that's going to be very helpful to be more objective and sometimes I might have to negotiate prices then I'll have my reasons uh, to back 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 up my my opinions right so yeah I mean, so basically you're saying that pricing can be based on a lot of stuff. It can be, and it can be emotional. You could be put, putting an emotional value on your services. Right. And so there should be a standard by which you, go, you make these prices. Yeah. Yeah. Just simply thinking, I think like when I get a job offer, it's like, oh, that's, that's so little. I'm, I'm worth more than that. <laughs> right. Of course. I mean, because... Uh, we we've gone through the experiences that developed us we've gone through that development process and we know how how much we suffered to learn that or how many you know how many uh 
um, what the costs were to learning that. So of course we tend to give a lot of value to our experiences. But the problem is that, um, I mean, there's a lot of problems with this industry. You have, you know, uh, I always say it's, it's a race to the bottom in this industry because you can, um, you know, you have a guy who calculates his price to be $80 per hour or $50 per hour. Let's just, eight, let's just say $80 per hour. And then the next guy comes along and says he'll do it for 40. And then the next guy will come along and say he blew it for 20. And next thing you know, um, uh, everyone's losing money. Everyone's losing money. It just becomes a competition about prices. Like I don't, because I don't want to lose, lose a certain job. I just compete with that price and I know I won't be making a lot of money but because I, I get emotional like I don't want to lose this this is mine um, when I hear someone's someone can do it for cheaper then okay you know I say okay I'll, I'll match that price even though I know that I'm gonna lose lose money but just to just to like grab onto this job because I don't want to give it to anyone, anyone else. Right, right. So I'm saying, no, I'm, this is all Christmas present to the customer because we kind of tend to get competitive. I mean, yes. Unnecessarily. <laughs> well, yeah, and you can't, that is, that is the way it is. It is, I mean, that's, that's how it is in the world. So. Instead of fighting that and getting upset by that, which a lot of people do, including myself at times, um, one thing you could do is just focus on giving more value back to the customer, right? Yeah. I think that's also a good point because if we race to the bottom, I know that I can't be using good materials. I'm going to have to cut my time on this, these repairs or maintenance. Uh, everyday duties to to be to make it profitable so the the overall quality goes down and you know after a few days i hear start to hear customers complaining yeah i mean also uh you know for someone who's legitimately working in this industry they probably carry licenses and and all that stuff that adds to the cost where you can't compete with someone that's lower so um the the yeah you and when an accident happens of course the person that is charging 20 bucks an hour that person at the bottom of the uh, of the of the pricing point um will put that customer in jeopardy so there's a there's a reason why um there, there is a value to having people who work in the building that are protected have the right skills have the right credibility versus and they may charge higher than the person that is off the street that charges um, much less yeah i think i think customers should know that too um i because it looks like a simple job especially when you do like daily cleaning oh it's just recycles it's just garbage it's just cleaning the sidewalk anyone can do it but I think there's a reason why some people charge $25 per hour, some people charge $12 per hour. Um, there is quality difference. People are different. You know, one is more professional, one just doesn't show up. You'll see, you know, customers 
will will experience that. If you if you get cheap, then yeah, you'll experience cheap. But if if you pay a little more, then you'll get a higher quality and yeah. better person. But I think people customers fail to recognize that because it looks so simple. Our jobs look so simple. Right, right. The pricing that I want to just talk about here is um, this is basic pricing that helps you cover your expenses and helps you make a profit or it helps you know when you're making a profit and when you're losing money. You know, you're making your weekly contract uh, break things down to your hourly um, rate or your hourly revenue. Consider the travel time that goes into that, um, which is why I said stay local the last time because travel time is the biggest way to eat up your time. And, and, and uh, when, you, when you take on part-time buildings, you want to take things close to you or on the route, um, on your normal path of travel uh, during the day so that you can everything is on your way. Um, you want to consider your seasonal responsibilities, um, which include snow clearing. Um, it includes uh, things that you may not think of, uh, um, you know, during the wintertime, like leaves falling on the roof and covering your roof drains and then having to clear them. You know, all that extra work, the seasonal stuff, um, if you can consider them, you can roll them into your price. And the guy that comes in and underbids and, and does things for, for really cheap, will not consider that. And eventually, a person like that may get frustrated with, with the work that he has, and then he may end up uh, providing shoddy service or leaving the building. So it's not the, it's not the best. And also, when you, when you make that price, you have to explain to them what you're going to cover so that they recognize that, okay, this guy is different than the guy down the street, um, the person who approached me before. And this person is is well aware that there's other things. He, he you know he is true professional because he's aware of the other things that go into taking care of a building. Yeah, but I think maybe travel time can be I think tricky because it's kind of pers personal. Um, oh my my price price is low because my travel time is, uh, is very <laughs> short. I think there's certain things that you kind of don't have to say. It's not necessary to indicate. Uh, okay, so it's, I'm not, okay. If you have, that's a great point because are you, you know, the, the question you're asking is, if my travel time is low, should I charge less? And if my travel time is higher, can I charge more? I think that I can, it's, it's up to me to decide. But when I'm telling someone about my price, oh, I added, you know, let's say I have two buildings and I added one building because I have to travel a little farther than where, um, where I am uh, compared to the other building, then it's, it kind of is not fair for the other building. That's true. I mean, uh, that is that is that's something that should be internal to whether yeah. the pricing works for you. Yeah, uh, you're right. Not to make the price. Right. Because if you base that, if you're if you're taking on part-time buildings and and 
you know, uh, I don't know, in Queens, well, not in Queens, let's say you're taking it far away from where you are and you end up charging a higher price, you're going to price yourself out every time. So maybe travel time should not be used in your pricing, but it should definitely be used in helping you gauge whether that opportunity is, is, is right for you or it's not. Yeah, I mean, I would consider travel time. And if I think it, would, it, it you have to, but not necessarily tell the person, you know, I'm, I'm charging $10 more because I live far away. Right. I mean, I not necessarily. You well, know? right, right. But I, okay. So there's certain things that, I mean, look, it's um, the customer also doesn't want to hear that. He just wants the price. He wants his life simplified. He doesn't want to learn about your personal life and he wants his, he wants a job done. So you're right. That, that's something that you want to keep internal to yourself. But um, if, if there is a question of whether you're, you know, the price, what, why your price or if there's a question from the customer about your price and it sounds like he's hinting at why it's high or higher than the rest you just want to be able to justify that right. and to say look i'm i'm adding a to z and um you know that that should really separate you as a professional from the rest right. of the crowd you do want to consider your emergency response, the cost of emergency response, oh, cost of responding to emergencies in the building. If it's too far away, if you're in Jersey and your part-time building is in, is in, uh, you know, the Upper West Side or Upper East Side, um, is it going to be, uh, is is that, is that arrangement going to be um, uh, profitable for you? Because that there you go with the tolls again, having to pay for gas and and parking and parking and and all those headaches just to just to deal with that so unless you have a really good way to prevent those from happening um that should be part of your calculation and when you take on a lot of buildings with um and you don't consider all the all the possible emergencies and you said is a lockout emergency yeah it's a it's, it's emergencies they can, that person can't get into the apartment um, unless they call a locksmith and they kind of count on the super, the part-time super to open, to have the keys to open that door. They're, you know, th that without considering what clearly what those emergencies um, costs are and what you're going to charge for them, or what you're going to include, um, that could be a pretty, pretty, um, what do you call that? Like a costly error in right. your agreement and making your agreement with the building so um you gotta consider emergency the cost of emergency response in your in your uh weekly price um and then put that into an agreement as to whether you're going to include it include some or you know they're going to be extra or or whatever whatever that you do and we'll talk about how we can um address emergency pricing and, and a different topic. Emergency is a very uh, complicated um, subject, so I think we're gonna have to do another episode about it exclusively on emergencies. But since we're talking about pricing, um, you're saying you, you can include it in your base charge, weekly charges, 
or I think there could be a method where you can just pay by the incident or I, I can include you know what I'll, I'll for this amount uh, with the tolls and maybe extra hour or a uh, half an hour um, I could give them maybe two emergencies per month um, within for like 50 bucks or something I can include that on my contract yeah I mean uh, there's a lot of ways that you can make it um, agreeable to both you and yeah. the building but you know before before you start the job think about it think about emergencies and it's an and have uh, agreement on that, right? Right. So uh, I left a big chunk for materials because it seems to be, there is actually a, um, a tradition or custom in certain areas of New York City where materials are included in that weekly price. And that includes garbage bags, cleaning supplies, um, cleaning materials, um, tools like you know mops and, and whatever and what ends up happening is that um, these part-time supers uh, have often carry these mops and brooms and garbage bags around with them building to building and you know the the problem is that there's there's a cost to all that that's that's you know there's a cost to um, providing these uh, these materials like garbage bags to the building there's a cost that also occurs when something happens to those garbage bags. Like someone takes, you know, there used to be a habit, there is a habit of people sometimes taking those garbage bags from the bins. So the person that loses out and has to replace that garbage bag for free to the building is the, the super. So um, those are, uh, you know, those materials can add up salt. Yeah, that's, that's, all, that's all money. That's all money that you have to lay out. And um, there's, there's, how do you factor that into your price? So basically what you have to do is, um, in, in a case like that, you have to roll in the, the cost of your materials into the, um, into the price. So if, you, if you've agreed to take care of the snow clearing, um, when it comes down to salt, if you've agreed to do the snow clearing for the year, you have to include the cost of the, the salt. You have, you have to be clear about um, what materials are included and um, what's not included in your agreement and in your pricing. Um, also, you got to think about your equipment. If your equipment breaks, if your vacuum breaks, then um, who's going to pay for that? That's going to be usually a cost that's paid for by the part-time super. Um, so when you're, when you're including your price, you should consider those, those things when you make your pricing so that if something happens, you don't um, lose out on having to all of a sudden um, uh, buy these equipments and you know, having to travel to the store to, to pick up these supplies all the time. The easiest way is to have um, each building have their own set of supplies and tools at the building so that 
um, and, and have, it, have them pay for by the building so that you can simply just go to the building, take care of your work. Um, if something breaks down or if more material is needed, uh, the building is able to, the building goes out and, and orders that material for you. The last thing I'm making pricing is uh, for weekly is uh, add something in the agreement that allows you to raise the fee on a periodic basis. What does that mean? So every year the cost of living goes up. Every year there is um, inflation, which um, brings up the price of goods. And whether it's gas or whether it's your phone bill or, or um, you know, um, even anything, your real estate like taxes, food. everything, food goes up. And so you have to uh, account for that. Um, there are some, we did mention some uh, supers before who uh, hadn't raised their price in, in 20 years. And during that 20 years, 2001 pricing is, is different from the pricing today. A cost of pizza has gone up, you know, um, a significant percentage over the, over the past uh, 20 years. And for that uh, part-time super to have that, keep that same price, he has less and less money in his pocket every year from, this, from doing the same amount of work. Yeah, like think about the rent, about 2001. Um, how much was the rent for like a studio? Oh, well, that's, that's true too. Rent is the biggest thing that goes up. Yeah, and like, I, they're, I mean, good owners, um, they actually give you raise. Um, they think about it. They, you know, they know that all these things add up and they go up. Now, if it took $100 um, for, for, for the cleaning, let's say just $100 because it's easy, in 2001 and the rent is $1,000 per, per month, now it's like $2,000 per month and I'm still charging $100, owner's making a lot of money. Well, I think also owners don't... Um... Of course, taxes go up, but still, you know. I, I, think, I think owners are... Um, owners or buildings generally may not do it intentionally. They, they don't think about these things. They just they, forget. They yeah. just forget, and they end up... The, the problem is that, you know, we all have things with our life that takes priority. And it's up to the part-time super to have it as part of the agreement in the beginning to cover these costs or to to raise their you know raise their um into you know uh put in their opinion or yeah. put in their request that their fee gets raised yeah but you know sometimes management changes and owners do change um and they say like oh how Oh, they used to pay the super this amount, and they just keep on, keep on paying that amount, right? Right. So I can go go up and th and to them and say, you know what? It's been like ten years. Um, you know, I I love this building. You know, that's another thing too. I feel bad for for the building. You know, like it's. Oh, that's uh, what supers think. Yeah. Okay. Like um, it's it after like a few years, even like one year, a few months too. I, you know, you get attached to the building. It's like, 
it's kind of like your your family now. It's more than like my um, workplace. So you forget about these things. You feel like you're doing a favor to your friend and family, but you you have to to be professional, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, taking things. It is also business. Professional is about separating business from 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 uh, feelings or feelings, emotions, yeah. attachment, and emotions. And it's one thing to feel, um, you know, uh, f- feel for your client. And it's one thing to try to give them the best services and to care about the services that you give. Um, it's another thing to feel bad. For certain things, or it's another thing to um, feel guilty for asking for a raise. Um, and I think you're right. There's a, a a lot of us are kind of over, you know, overwhelmed when we want to ask for a raise. We're overwhelmed by a sense of guilt, and so we don't say it. And the the, the downside for everyone, including the building, is that these end up harboring a bit of bitterness on your side. So the part-time super, um, I've I've met part-time supers who um, who felt um, that they become friends or family with the building, members of the building or the board, and so he didn't feel comfortable to um, ask for the things that he sh- he felt um, was was rightly owed to him. And what ended up happening was it was a sense of bitterness built up, and so that if it impacted. Um, his response to uh, building members, the residents, and, and turned them and became negative. And it just created a host of other negativity because people feed off that negativity. And eventually he um, considered leaving the building. So he at, considered. At, he considered leaving the building as, a, as the only remedy to this solution. Yeah, because, you know, um, you start giving a little more and more and they think it's it's their right yeah i mean and, and i don't blame them because if if somebody that's human nature if, if i'm getting something that i'm not paying for and all of a sudden I'm, I'm asked to pay for it whether it's a subscription a new subscription or and there's no notice about it i'm going to feel a little upset um well, i'm going to feel that my expectations is, are even, even if there are notices yeah, it's I love those free trials, one month <laughs> right. free trials, and then when I have to start paying, it's like oh, okay. Right, right. Like even that. Yeah, even that. Feel. So when you know that your free your free gift is ending, yeah, you feel bad. So imagine if if uh, you know you're you're just re- you know you're well, so. I guess the bottom line is to ask for um, not to keep uh, the bottom line is to keep business or your professional life separated from your emotions. Yeah, you could be and, nice to them, polite to right. them, but you know, just and something gives you red flag, just be be professional about it, and that's how other people do in their jobs. Yeah, I mean that's how that, that's what professional is. It, it's 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 uh, seeing clearly the value that you give, and then um, separating it from 
every other thing. From and what kind of person you are, and it's okay to ask those things. Right. You know? It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. Yeah, and also maybe there's there as I think about it, maybe there's fear that they're gonna get upset, maybe find somebody else. Yeah, that's a that's a big part too. Yeah, but you know the the more you do it, or the more you go through those experiences where you ask for. Uh, you ask for it, go through the fear, the process of, of, of feeling afraid and, and, and worried that you might lose that gig and surviving it really helps. And I'm not saying that you're gonna, you, you're, it's not going to happen. Maybe you could lose a building. Maybe the building will feel that you're overpriced as it is and they'll look for something. They don't feel like they're getting value in return. But um, it's a good lesson to learn. I mean, it's, it, it, it's a those lessons are maybe the best ones that can help you really judge um, what kind of services you're providing and, and um, what you're doing uh, that can be improved. Yeah, or maybe an indication it, that the building just doesn't know what, what that value sh should be priced at. Yeah, then they're going to be mean to me like throughout, throughout my days there. So... But if they don't know the value, yeah, exactly. Then why why stay with them? There are plenty of buildings out there that could recognize that value, if you are providing value, and they just the problem is that they don't recognize that. If you're okay with the with the price, you know, it's it's okay to stay stay where where you are at, but just consider just just know that their salaries are going up. Your cost of living is going up. Yeah, that's I mean, the thing. It, because yeah. you're because you're a freelancer, it doesn't mean that there's no room to grow. There, right. there is, and reasonable, fair, fair management or owners will will consider that. Right, and also being a freelancer means that now you have more responsibility to yourself. Right. To put this to to bring that forward. Yeah, no one else benefits. will do it for you. Yeah, yeah you gotta, you gotta, you know, make make that, um, uh, bring that conversation to the table. How, however difficult it is, and um, or else you will, you will become that person that's charging the same rates as he was twenty years ago, and right. that's something that we don't. I don't want to see any part time super do because we're, in, you know, you're in this to um, uh, make a living, supplement your income. And to do it on, you know, fairly, right? It should be a fair exchange of value and, yeah. and services. Yeah. Okay. So when it comes to pricing, um, it's it's not just those numbers. There are a lot of factors that goes into that that number. So f number is just the surface. It's it's the very last thing that ends up in your hands. So think about these things. Uh, one of the practices that I, I like to do personally is when I go to a restaurant and order food, let's say a sandwich. Okay, I got a $5 um, sandwich in my hands. How much would it, like, how do they come up with this price? There's a wrapper, there's a bread, there's a lettuce, there's the, there's the ham. Okay, then like how do they how do they come up with all the each of the prices? Um, well, they have to get it from the butcher. 
Um, there's also delivery fees, um, who makes these, uh, these sandwiches, if it's morning, um, like how much per hour, like how do they, like all these things um, can be a really good practice to see a product um, in a very business mindset because you're as a super especially part-time supers you're your employer and your employee right uh, a lot of times um, you just work by yourself you don't have other you know fellow fellow employees to talk about your employer to be honest with you like you're alone so you have to come up with a budget um, think about what your product is come up with the product test all those products come up with the pricing you know that's business you have to be one person who does everything so you have to know these things like what you're getting and what you're providing as a super it's just not you know you going out there cleaning no that's that's your product try to have this mindset of business and yourself as providing a service product actually i like that analogy a lot because it it um kind of shows the art behind making a price. And one great way to approach this is to look at it like a sandwich, to look at it like what are the costs that go into there. You know, you have the materials cost of a bread, the lettuce to tomato broken down into uh, what their costs are. Then you have the person that makes it included. Then you put the electricity yeah, of, water. of the, the water and the electricity behind keeping things cold. Um, yeah, napkins, and napkins, spoons, forks, I'm pepper, sure, salt packets. I'm sure insurance is part of there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, so you have you have all of that stuff that's rolled into that price. If you are making the same sandwich as the next guy, you're going to have to charge a similar price. Yeah. Or you're going to price yourself out, and no one's going to come to your deli, sandwich shop. But if you are, if you have something special, if you're using special products you're you know uh doing something special with your meat right that could be the thing that differentiates you from yeah. the next person and you could raise your price a little yeah, bit also knowing these things what makes a price um is gonna help me if there's a race to the bottom like okay i want to give this person some discount what can i take take off let's say like let's use the sandwich analogy again um, i used to give them two slices of cheese but let's make it 1.5 slice of cheese then my cost cost of making the sandwich goes down then i can give them a little bit of discount something like that like um right it reminds me of a sandwich that i used to get in high school which was called the school special it was one slice of cheese one slice of ham and a bagel for a dollar for right. a dollar, that's so expensive. But no, that that, but that was great. We we had lines of high school kids out the door for that, and that kind of shows that look. Um, sometimes you don't need to put five or six pieces of ham in there or meat in there. Yeah, and people want less, so you can you can uh, change it up, uh, vary your product so that you 
can um, meet every you know meet the customer's needs. But the only the important thing in there also is to know your costs, so that if you put you know one ham, one piece of ham and one piece of cheese in your bagel, make sure that you're making a profit from the from the. Um, but look, even when you're talking about food, there's an interesting thing that you know these sandwich shops do, the bagel shop. Even if it's making the cost of that school special is a dollar, and they're making a dollar, charging a dollar. Do you think that every uh, high school student leaves there with just a sandwich? No, it probably leaves there with a drink and some chips, right? So maybe something else, candy, and that's that's something that they make a profit on. So right. kind of like going to a gas station. A gas station may not be making a big profit off the gas, but if they have a Dunkin' Donuts there, they're making a lot of money, I'm sure, from the food that goes out there. Yeah. So. Going back to part-time super, maybe, you know, you should look at it like that. Maybe, you know, if you are, you know, a lot of buildings will pay lower or pay, may not uh, may not pay as high as you want for the basic cleaning of the common areas and managing the trash and recycling because there may be a lot of people who can do that down the street. But if, if you're... If you're able to make your additional income from other work, um, like yeah. yeah, that's where you can make your profit on. And so it, so basically, it has to be strategic how you approach this, and just making sure that along the way you're covering your 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 slice of lettuce, you're covering your cheese, you're covering your bread. Don't forget the insurance. Don't forget the person making the sandwich. Mm. Don't forget the rent. You know, the rent should be in there. You know, when I spoke to a, a bagel owner, and that owner told me, okay, how I, he had this bagel store in, the, in a very popular part of town where the, where the uh, rent was very high. So I asked him, how does he price his, his goods, his products? So he said, basically what I do is I take my rent and... Um, I take my rent for the month, my electric electrical bill, um, water bill, water bill, uh, you know utilities, and then what I do is and, and my my internet and the cost of my cash register, like because he leases his cash register, he takes all of that and then he chops it up into days, and then he says how many days to, can he does he need to make how many how much money does he need to make per day per day. To cover that expense and how what's his measure his standard yeah. until the rest of the week until the rest of the month mm -hmm. and so that's you, his, yeah you divide it per bagel or like yeah then you exactly you bring it per bagel then how this is like i have to sell like 50 bagels per day right right and so that's his benchmark and he created that standard and he has to meet that or else he knows that he's going to be yeah going down if he does better than that that's profit for him so that's how we gauge it. So, and the other thing is, if if he can't raise the price of his sandwich because, let's say, his sandwich is no different than the bagel shop down the street, then he has to, unless he's in the area where there's so much traffic and so many customers that he's going to get a customer no matter what, he has to differentiate himself right. and be something different. And that's the part-time super that you should really aspire towards. Yeah, so there, there are a lot of aspects. Like there are a lot of 
things, like those hidden things that you don't see. But as a, as a business person, you know, part-time super, being a superintendent is a serious business and you should take yourself as a very serious business, businessman because you are. Right. You're just not a cleaner. Cleaning is, is your product, service product. I right. think it's very important for supers to know that they are, they are um, independent business owners um, and they have to treat themselves and think think like business person. Right, right. I, I agree with you. And I still like the analogy of using food. <laughs> yeah, you're making me hungry. I'm going to get something to eat now. Okay. So we talked about um, great things today. Okay, great. Thank you very much, Jennifer. Okay, thank you.